a guardian has duties and rights and responsibilities that they are to adhere to. And one of the main duties and rights is to make sure you allow the protected person to participate in the decision-making process. 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 going on family welcome to another episode of the fatherhood village podcast the official home for proud fathers and mentors i'm dale holloway here with kev hick we are your tfv host kev brother what's going on with you talk to me oh man busy weekend productive blessed highly favored all of those things man just doing our thing hustling it up man how you I doing got that I'm good. I'm well over here, man. Uh, the summer's coming in pretty nice in Alaska, man. It's uh, near 70 degrees, so that's a win on our side. So That's that global yeah. warming. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it over here. <laughs> You're supposed to be an ice pop, man. Yeah, right? I'll take it, man. I need it. I need it. But, uh, but yeah, all is well. All is well. So, uh, family, thank you again for coming to share your time with us on this episode, uh, being a part of the Fatherhood Village. And uh, if you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, uh, we definitely want to grow this channel and uh, reach more reach more of our audience. So this episode, uh, a, a very sensitive topic, something very important that we need to discuss and, and unpack. We have the privilege and the honor of, of joining our special guest for this episode uh, is, is truly humbling to, to have her uh, reach out um, for our support. And we wanted to uh, return the same. And uh, this episode is going to be about guardianship abuse and that of the likes. Um, and we have our special guest, Sue Reeves, who is from New Jersey, Maplewood. New Jersey, <laughs> and uh, she is the owner of event planning and event production company titled Infinite Events of New Jersey LLC. She has six children, three of which she has given birth, and uh, she's come to us to uh, vividly explain her story and her experience um, with in her battle with guardianship abuse. And so without further ado, welcome, Sue. Welcome to the show. How are you? All right, Dale. So before we continue, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Let's get checked. Listen, fellas, low testosterone can cause muscle loss, erectile dysfunction, reduce sex drive, fatigue, obesity, and symptoms of depression. So if you're having trouble making gains at the gym, putting it down in the bedroom, maintaining adequate energy levels, staying lean, having mood issues, you could in fact have low testosterone. I can say from experience that Let's Get Checked makes getting tested easy with next day delivery. You just receive your test, send it off, and get your results in two to five days. Get your testosterone levels checked today at trylgc.com forward slash TFV. Again, that's trylgc.com forward slash TFV. The coupon code TFV gets you 30% off in the checkout. As men and as leaders, we got to be fully functional out here. 
the array of home health test kits available from Let's Get Checked makes staying on top of your health easy. So check it out, guys. The link's in the description. And let's get back into this conversation. Good evening, gentlemen. It's about 1030 here in Jersey, so I know we're on a time difference. So good evening. Hi. Hello, hello. Thank you so much Morning. for having me once again. I'm, I'm very privileged. I think this is a topic that um, I don't think anybody knows about this. Right. I honestly, or you, it, it, it sounds so far-fetched and it sounds so absolutely insane. It, it's hard to fathom. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in enlightening our demographic about this subject matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is something that's, that's kind of covered, that's kind of glossed over, sort of a, an abstract thing to a lot of people. So it's definitely necessary in our conversation and in our community as a whole. So yeah, we're going to get right into it. So um, you and I have been in conversation. Well, me, Go ahead. What was that? No, I want to say this because right now, I, I think it's even more prevalent is because even the shade room has picked up Britney Spears is bad mm. and everybody's more familiar with Britney Spears and her conservatorship and how her father has domineered her life for the past 13 years and made all her executive decisions and controlled her money and who she associates with. Well, boys, that's guardianship. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm dealing with. We're not millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. We're just everyday regular parents. Yes, ma'am. And, and who's being affected by this, this uh, corrupt system. It, it, it's almost as prevalent as mass incarceration, except for inmates have more rights and privileges than an incapacitated adult under guardianship. Hmm. Now, how's that sound? A criminal has more, and, I, and, and let me tell you something, I would know personally because I, I supported my mate through two incarcerations. Hmm. Not one bid, but I did two bids with him. At one point, I would drive 15 hours from Atlanta to New Jersey to sit in visit chairs with him. So I know firsthand, and at that time when he was locked up, I could write him, I could visit him, I could accept his phone calls, I could send him books, I could send him care packages, mm -hmm. I could see him, I could conceive a baby with mm -hmm. him. That's a whole nother story. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he had a whole lot more liberties and freedoms. Now, as an incapacitated adult under a guardianship, simply because he's disabled, because he's survived an illness, his life is no longer his own. Mm. So, so and, 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 and that's as cut as dry as I can put it. Right, right. And so obviously I wanna open the floor up to you, but to, to briefly put this into context, you were with this man for 10 plus, 15 plus years, correct? Okay. And that's correct. You, he's fathered uh, your son, your son is, is now five years old. Our youngest child. Okay. And, and during this time, right. uh, about three years since his stroke, he, he's been he, without. June 26, 2018. Okay. 2018, June, 2018. We have not had any contact, communication, correspondence, except for last year when he was in a nursing home and the nursing home staff permitted us to have communication with him. The family has completely severed and barred and abandoned the relationship that this man has built with not only myself, 
or with our child. This man was an active, present father for the first two years of this boy's life until his life was no longer his own. Mm. And I'm sorry to keep interjecting. I'm going no, no, to try I, to, I, you know, we, we can. I know you 38 hot right I'm, now. I'm I, passionate. I got you. I'm mm. Man, listen, I'm drinking. I'm only drinking coffee <laughs> because it's very late at night. So this is coffee. This is just coffee. But yeah. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So, yeah, just wanted to to add some some background, some context to our listeners. So you were with this man for 15 years, um, even though uh, you two were not married. You guys basically common law marriage after, you know, so many years in the, in the state of New Jersey. Um, so your son name, your son's name is Skyler, five years old, uh, and the father of your child, his name is Yusuf Davis, correct? So, so That's correct. after he suffered the stroke, his family assumed guardianship by, via the courts, the court system, and they yes, pretty much correct. took that's control of, of, of all his um, finances, um, you know, all his affairs, things of that nature. So the courts didn't contact you well, or what that and that's what I was getting ready to touch yeah. on. They didn't do their due diligence, which is what happens a lot in these guardianship matters. There's been I don't know if you guys have heard of a movie that's on Netflix right now. It's called I Care a Lot. That's a reference. I care a lot. It's a fiction movie, but it's very factually based because there's a lot of times that the courts or the, the, the lawyers or the guardian, whoever's trying to obtain the guardianship, they don't follow the due process and they don't follow the due diligence. Mm-hmm. Myself, we, I was with him 15 years before we had our child. So we were at the 17 year mark and whatever we went through relationship wise, we grew up together. Come on now, what 17 year relationship not gonna have a couple of hiccups, mm-hmm. a couple, that's neither here nor there. If we wanna fight at nine and at seven, that's our business. But what it, whatever he was in a relationship does not negate what he was as a father. And we can't discredit that man as a father. So we were at the 17 year mark and no, the family did not do the due diligence because I should have been notified as an, I would be considered an interested party. I'm the mother of his child. I, and before there's a romantic relationship, I am his friend. We met in 2000, before the Twin Towers fell. So I've known, I've grown up, I was a 20 something year old girl. I am a 40 something year old woman. This man was only 39 when he felt, when he succumbed to this illness. But we're not gonna say he suffered a stroke. I wanna change, he survived. And that's what we need to accentuate on. This man is a survivor. So the fact that he's a walking miracle, anybody he asks to be in his life or anybody that desires to support him through this journey should not be denied. Like myself and as my child, our child. Yes, ma'am. So, during this time, obviously you, you stated that his family, they refused to reach out to you in any capacity, basically restricting the relationship that he could possibly have and rekindle with his son. Speaking speaking of his son, what, what knowledge does your son have of the situation? What is he currently understanding right now? It's funny that you ask because when you asked me that question previously, I, I had to ask myself, well, what does he really know? So I called him in and I asked him, I said, you know, what do you know about what's going on with daddy? 
daddy had a stroke and daddy had a heart attack. I've been telling him that since he was two because I had to explain his father's absence, his sudden absence. So I would tell him, daddy had a stroke and daddy had a heart attack, but daddy is so strong. We have to say, get better, daddy. And then this two-year-old boy said, get better, daddy. And he would, and that's how we would speak life into him. Continuously throughout this three-year period, the reason why this child knows that this man exists is because I've kept him alive. It's because I've consistently played videos, pictures. Daddy likes this type of food. Your daddy wouldn't like that. We speak of him. Whereas on the contrary, his father's family is trying to erase my son's existence whatsoever. There is no discussion of my son. And this man has, when I say I have six children, those are three of my bonus children. He has other children that are permitted to have a relationship with him. They are permitted to have communication with him. I provided documentation that demonstrates this is his biological child. They're only barring contact with our child. One, I can't reiterate this enough. Once his life was no longer his own, they did everything possible to erase this baby's existence. When we were able to make that contact last year when he was in the nursing home, I believe in divine intervention. And I heard through the grapevine that he was in a nursing home in a particular city here. I literally got on Google and I found him. He was at the third place that I, I called. And from the initial contact, the nursing staff let us know that he perked up, he got excited, he was happy to hear from us. His son, who was only two, who couldn't really speak a full sentence, got on the phone and said, hi, daddy, I wanna come to your house. That doesn't sound like a man or a child that haven't facilitated some type of relationship that, that should be severed. I, and the, 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 the gag is, I haven't been given any reason or any explanation as to why we can't have any communication. There's been no reason. And anytime I've tried to attempted to reach out to initially was his mother who was the initial guardian. This woman would literally cuss me out. I'm talking about referred to my son as that bitch's bastard. Um, told me to ram that little bastard up my F and A. Uh, yeah, this woman really went in on me. And, I, and I'm still free. Hey, I'm still free. Mm. So <laughs> I didn't retaliate. Mm. Yeah. I just took it and I've been taking it and been taking it. And basically, in essence, we've been being bullied because other parties have been privy to see him, just not us. And you spoke of contesting this in court. Uh, writing an appeal um, to some extent and you were denied. Can you kind of go through your steps with that? Okay, well, being that this is basically two separate matters. There's the family court in matter, the family court matter in which, you know, the family court should speak for the children. They're supposed to be in the best interest of the children. Well, the court that mandates and controls and, and executes the wills and the estate, that's the probate court. So the probate court is supposed to speak to the protective person, also known as the ward. So Yusuf would be considered the ward under this particular guardianship. So I wrote a very, very extensive letter to the probate court uh, expressing my concerns about how he's being now being kept in isolation. And that's, it's kind of like a formula that they use. 
they isolate, they over-medicate, they steal the estate, and then they cremate. That's kind of like the guardianship 101 saying, isolate, over-medicate, steal the estate, and then you cremate. So we're still in the isolation state because there's no direct contact to him. There's no direct communication to him. There's, everything goes and is facilitated through the guardian. So when I expressed to the courts, you know, my great concern about several things that I've heard that are very alarming, a, a direct conversation that I had with the guardian and with the guardian's husband, that very, very, very upsetting, disparaging remarks were made um, about Youssef. Um, it, it, I don't have legal representation. So I can't afford a lawyer at this time. So basically I said, I submitted the paperwork, but it was the wrong paperwork. So I had the judge's ear, but he needs an official filing. So by me filing those incorrect paperwork, it kind of was like a blow to my self-esteem. It kind of was a deterrent. I felt incompetent. I felt it was, it was very discouraging. Yeah. That's the probate side. On the family court side, I petitioned for court order visitation and sole custody of the baby. Why? Never asked for child support. I've not received a penny of child support in this whole three-year duration that Yusuf has been under this guardianship. Family court, I asked for court order visitation and I asked for sole custody of the baby. Sole custody because how can I parent with someone that I can't communicate with? I can't make these executive decisions with someone that I'm not able to have a relationship with. So I've been doing this by myself thus far, giving my legal rights mm -hmm. and the court order visitation, because how is this woman able to leave this man disconnected from his child from this extended period of time? They dismissed me without prejudice, citing that the family court judge said, that's not up to me to determine if the guardian is doing her duties and ping me back over to probate court. Well, probate court told me, well, go ahead and petition family court to see if they'll give you visitation. And so they're ping ponging me back and forth. Hmm. And that's generally what they do. Go ahead, kid, if you have anything. So have you, like, what are the lawyers saying? Do you have, do you have uh, legal representation or... Um, is that something that no. you I have access to at the moment? No, sir, absolutely not. I've had one lawyer quote me that a case of this nature can run me anywhere from 50 to a hundred thousand dollars. I had another lawyer that said a case of this nature would run me $10,000, um, with a $6,000 retainer. But the way I feel about lawyers, he'll be just another file to them. Mm -hmm. He, they won't have the passion and, 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 and the determination to see this black man reunited with this black child because they've been too dismissive thus far. And evidently the opposing counsel, they have no regard for the family or the family unit or, or, or any of that. Mm -hmm. And the guardian's not a parent. She's not a mother. So there's no yearn or, 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 or zeal in her to have these two reunited. So no, I'm pretty much representing myself pro se. Um, I don't think anyone else can, I, I don't need anybody to speak my case. I need somebody that knows the law right. that can guide me. Right. Like I had a pro se, I, I'm sorry. 
I had a pro se service assistant gentleman that I was working with. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, he was the person that advised me to file the incorrect paper. So I paperwork, excuse me. Right. So I need somebody that's a little more knowledgeable, right. but I'm very articulate. I'm very confident and no one loves this man like I love this man. So no one can speak on his behalf better than I can. Right. Neither one of these men, right. my son or his father. So um, just, just for my reference, what type of lawyer would have that information? Would it, would, would it would be of the expertise to help you? Um, I would say that somebody that, that practices uh, probate law, guardianship law, there's definitely lawyers in this field, but there's so many, it, it's such a taboo topic. It's like, once this guardian, like one of the questions you asked me is what rights does he have as an as a, as a incapacitated person? None. That guardianship is like their clothes choices. Every act, if they have the right to vote, to reproduce, to marry, they have total carte de blanche over another person's life just by being appointed guardian. Um, this is one of those lingering uh, law systems in this country that you know ha hasn't gotten enough look because again, who stands up for those who need who need that help? You know, who who's that person? Where is that person? We don't have the systems in place to defend the defenseless. And um, it's assumed that the family will give uh, the, the what's best for that person. It's assumed that those who should love them will love them and will love them in a way that's healthy. And it's not actually the case. So this is a very important issue uh, and it happens all the time. And, uh, you know, I, while I'm, I'm very sad for Britney Spears, this needs to happen to someone who who can who can use their their pool and their status and their influence uh, to just make people look and say, well, wait a minute, why is that possible, right? She has a lot of high profile friends that are now looking into her case, I believe, and trying to figure out how to help her, even you know being without that guardianship, right? So uh, unfortunately enough, it always has to be somebody like that, and then everybody else, every normal person who just worked hard, did what they wanted to do, got people that love them they don't get that same opportunity. And so I'm hoping that just like, you know, all the other things that, you know, get swept under the bed sometimes in our society, this this law definitely gets changed um, to where there's at least a, a checks and balances system with guardianship because this shouldn't be happening, but it happens a lot, a lot. And, um, you know, it's not the first time I've even heard of it from a regular person as a dating coach, uh, as a life coach, it, I encountered it. I thought this... The, the crazy thing about it is when this initially started happening, I really thought this was an isolated incident. Mm -hmm. Like, how can they, why is this happening to me? How can this be happening to me? Until I started doing research and, and, and discovered this is an epidemic. Mm -hmm. This is what is being done. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's more common with elderly people yeah. or wealthy people. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I swear, I thought that this man was the money. I'm like, they, they've got to be holding on to him so tight because his mother passed all the money down. So here's a, here's a little jewel for anyone. Any will of an estate that's been probated through the probate court is public information. And through our, this particular county, it cost me $57 to get a copy of this will. So I personally have a copy of his mother's will. It broke my heart and it raised my suspicions that this man was completely and totally disinherited. His, we're not even talking about my son. 
Yusef and all three of his elder children, his eldest children have been completely disinherited from the will. Now his mother and I, we had a good relationship at one point towards once my once I was six months pregnant, it went south. This was one of those toxic relationships where I think she had was confused between my son is my son and my son is my man. Mm-hmm. One of those type of situations. Because when the man came home from jail and was ready to begin his family, that's when the chaos ensued. When I was six months pregnant, she changed for me like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But one thing I knew about this woman is that she loved her grandchildren, exclusive of my son. Mm -hmm. She loved her grandkids. And this woman would not have disinherited those children from the will and left everything to the current guardian two days before she died. Hmm. That doesn't seem, I don't even know that you have the, 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 the mental capacity to alter your will. How do we know that she was lucid? To, right. That right. seemed a little bit, mm, mm. Right. So, so disinherited him and there was a- His sister, I'm his sorry? sister's current the guardian. His sister, oh. His sister is his current guardian. Oh. And, and then the funny thing is how she slithered her way into the guardianship. Because when I say I have six children, my eldest daughter is 22. This, my, my girl was two years old when I got with this man. So he's raised my child, my eldest daughter. My, he's participated in raising my younger daughter. Even though they had a relationship with their father, mm-hmm. he lived in the household. We lived in the household. Mm-hmm. So when I had a, 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 when somebody had a day off from school, but I had to work, that's who watched the kids. Mm-hmm. That's who he was to us. This is not just, they're, they're trying to perceive me. And that's what I was going to say about the, another thing. I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place. So there's so much, guys. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing that they do about anybody that stands up for a, a war or tries to defend a person. And they try to defame that person. Yeah. They wrote in a statement to the court in response to my letter that I spoke of earlier that I've been a volatile and disruptive force in his life for the for all these years. And he's tried to obtain multiple restraining orders against me, yet there was no documentation of such. But if they really knew this man, this is his sister, but this is not a close bonded, this was his more estranged sister. And this is not an elder sister, like a 60 year old sister. This woman is maybe two years, three years my senior. So what would make her better equipped to care for this man that I've been with for all these years? And this is not his first heart attack. This is maybe his fifth heart attack. Mm. And I've cared for him every, learned how to cook without salt, used to go get his prescription, make him all kinds of smoothies. So for any accidents to boost his heart, that's who I am. But unfortunately, um, these people are trying to perceive me as if I'm some type of back alley slut that he just bumped and grinded my baby, some type of maybe baby which is highly insulting, yeah. incredibly insulting. When I was good enough to sit in visit chairs with him, but now I'm not good enough to, I don't even know what his status is. I don't even know his condition right now. And I don't care, he needs me, period. And my son needs him and they need each other. Correct. And we all need each other. Correct. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Man, it's rough right there. And, they, and, and this is happening on a very regular basis. I've heard about this. I've heard about this from many people, many people who have a, um, a uh, you know, an incapacitated or a disabled family member and any toxicity in the family, any attitude problems, any, any evil or darkness in, in one individual or another 
and people are literally fighting over the guardianship because you get 100% of the control if you get the guardianship. It's like getting the ring. It's like winning the Game of Thrones for the wrong person, you know, so. His his mother was somewhat of a narcissist. I'm sorry to interrupt you. His mother was, uh, was somewhat of a narcissist and her main objective was to control. But when he was healthy, she could only control him but so much. But once he was ill, she took total of, it was like, it was like, it was like King Cooper, like, I got the things wrong. Like she went like authority crazy. No one could see when he was first admitted into the hospital, when this initially began, she put a restriction on him that no one could see him. No one could come to the hospital. So why would you deny him of support? Why would you deny him of love? Why would you not want familiarity around him to help him regain his identity? And why would you be doing that habitually for three years and counting now? So it began with the mother. And then once the mother died, the sister slithered her way in, manipulated his eldest son who was already 18. So by the kinship, it goes, once his once his mother was expired and he was unmarried, his his the guardianship, I mean not the guardianship, but you know, the kinship would go to his son. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go to his sister. Right. It would go his son, his other child, his other child, my child, and then the sister's at the bottom of the totem pole yeah. because this man has children. I'm not his wife. Right. That's the one thing we do not do it. I have no paperwork, I have no documentation, so therefore I have no rights. It's like all the years we spent together don't even matter. It's like I don't even exist. And, and you, you spoke to me briefly uh, right before the show that certain states, and probably more particularly the state of New Jersey, wives does not acknowledge common law. Yeah, wiser sometimes. Yeah, hell, hell, without that that option or or don't have that power to maintain or actually uh, obtain guardianship. The guardianship would supersede your spousal privilege. Mm-hmm. The guardianship, that it trumps your spousal authority. There's cases and incidences where spouses, or and they try to discredit the spouse. Oh, you're harming him or you're harming her. He's not safe for you. We have to take control. Right. And it's just a ploy. It's just a ploy. This has nothing to and do- And not in a 10 time that person- This had, this had nothing to do with his living will and testament as, as far as- Medical will, anything like that, anything that can contest the, the spouse. Yusuf was a street dude. Yusuf was a street dude. Yusuf, like I said, I did two bids with him. This was not, oh, I'm such a good guy. No, Yusuf was a gun-toting, drug-dealing, tattooed thug, and I loved him and didn't matter. So no, he didn't have those things in play. But because we weren't married, it his mother automatically was his next of kin. So all his mother automatically assumes all authority over him, whether he had a directive in the hospital or not. And especially when she obtained and was appointed guardianship of him, then she had all authority over him. And when she died, you would think that her authority died with her, but the, his sister swooped in and, and, and just kept on going where his, and and kept going where his mother was going. And the ironic thing is, I showed you pictures of that woman standing at my baby shower, smiling, standing next to me at my baby shower. This was the woman that I would call for two years, 
please help me. We just want to say hello. We just want to let him know we love him. Please, we sent birthday cards. Do you know if we got them? And it would be, oh, Sue, I wish I could help. Oh, me and my mom aren't in the best place right now. I wish I could do something. I don't want to get in the middle. No one wants to advocate. No one wants to intervene. No one, at that time, no one wanted to sacrifice or jeopardize their access to him to speak on behalf of us. I've spoken to his friends. I've spoken to coworkers, family members, anybody that I could bend an ear, please. I, we, I got to get this baby to this man because if he dies tomorrow, this baby needs to see his dad. For all you know, this baby could be the fucking miracle that makes I could be the miracle mm -hmm. that makes him get up. You take a man's wife, you take his man's child. What, what does he have to get up for? For what? They, they totally and completely denied this man of love that he rightfully deserves mm -hmm. and have him living in isolation. How is that, how, how is that legally possible? Guardianship. Yep. It's, it's used as a means to control people, especially when you wish you could control them when they were healthier. Right. You got to think, you know how we all have a family member that might be making a decision that we personally don't like, right? We all know someone that if we could, we could get them to do something different, right? And the reason why we have free will is because that wouldn't be a good idea. That's not a good investment of time or energy. And spiritually, it's, it's off kilter, and it would be wrong, right, You to take the free will from anyone. But unfortunately enough, in guardianship, it's as if your mom could tell you, hey, you know that girl I told you I, I, I don't like? You'll never see her again. Yeah. And that's just it. And you'd be like, but, but, and she'd be like, you, you can't see her again. You know, or that guy that, you know, her, a, a woman's daughter or a guy's daughter doesn't want around instead of being like, hey, don't see him again. And you'd be like, all right, whatever. You're going to see, you're going to see your man. In guardianship, when something medical has happened, people get so high on the ability to actually make that decision and protect uh, their, their siblings or loved ones or sons or daughters or whoever for them that it becomes just an authority uh, grab. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, they think they're acting out of a place of love most of the time. You know, some people are just completely evil, but yeah. people convince themselves that they're doing what's right for that person when what's right is for them to experience the choice, uh, especially when, you know, they're not completely, again, immobilized mentally, right? They're not brain dead. They, they can still make a social choice, an energetic choice and, um, that's generally what what pushes people to the darkness of guardianship when this happens is that they they're trying in their ways to protect but it just becomes all about them and all about their misunderstandings which aren't being challenged because the person is incapacitated or unable Let's see this is the thing let me let me know this is the thing a guardian has duties and rights and responsibilities that they are to adhere to. Right. And one of the main duties and rights is to make sure you allow the protected person to participate in the decision-making process. Right. And you have to socialize that individual. Right. You have to socialize them. You cannot leave somebody in isolation. Now, like I said before, I believe in divine intervention. So things have been coming to us. My daughter attends Norfolk State. Behold the green and gold. And one of her classmates just so happened to see the GoFundMe that we had. 
reached out to us because he was Yusef's caregiver over the summertime. Now look at that. Mm -hmm. Look at that. And he let us know that number one, that man has no contact with the outside world. I said, what do they do for entertainment? Oh, well, he likes Netflix. So we put on a Netflix show. So you put him in front of the TV. You put him in front of the TV. This was a man that was vibrant, had a vibrant social life. This man was gainfully employed, a union, a union member at his job. This man had a gang of friends. This man was well-liked and admired, admired everywhere he goes, and he does not like to be alone. So you're doing the complete and total opposite of what's going to be beneficial and what's going to help him thrive and rehabilitate. And my question is that I can't get an answer for is why? Why? Why, why do y'all want to keep him down? How, how are y'all benefiting by keeping him down? I, I kind of want to share a conversation with y'all, but I'm a little, I haven't, I know we're on a recorded platform, but I want y'all to hear what really, really, really motivates me and what drives my force. And it's the conversation that I had with his brother-in-law where he said, and I quote, I could give five shits about Yousef. I didn't marry him, fuck him, fuck his world, fuck his kids. Uh, they were never a part of me. I, I wish we could just give his ass to some damn body. This is the people that he's being left totally in these people's control, totally dependent and reliant on individuals that have this much resentment and animosity towards him. This man cannot get up and go use the telephone. He can't just get up. He, he's, he's made strides. And I only know what I know because I'm getting pieces from the grapevine, pieces from the grapevine and the, and the, and the interaction that we had with him last year. He knew exactly who I was. The first conversation we, like I said, I, I, I found him on Google. I spoke to the nursing home staff. I let them know what it was, what the family had been doing. They allowed me to have conversation with him, but before, I, hadn't, I didn't know what they had been filling his mind with. So what I did first was I sent some food up there because you can't go wrong with food, especially if you know what a person likes. So I sent him, he loves like that Portuguese food with the, the chicken, half a chicken over rice with the pea, whatever, whatever. I sent that up there with a note that said, this is from Sue and Sky. we love you and we miss you. Then I went to go cry and get my mind together because I, I hadn't been this close and hadn't made this much of a connection in all this time. It had been like, it was, it was almost two years. It was like a year and a half, almost two years with no contact, no other than what happened spiritually, other than when he comes to me in my dreams other than when I, I watch our videos and, and, and go back to that moment or whatever. Can I ask you this? So I let, I, yes, sir. Is there an, uh, is there a restraining order against you or, or anything like that? No, sir. They attempted to get a restraining order placed against me. And that's what I was saying. That's a part mm. of the defamation that they do. Mm. I, I'll let me, I'll, I'll touch back on that. Let me just, so we, we get on the tele, I sent the food up there. I went to go, I, I went to go cry. I called back. And as soon as we got on the telephone, I had been told that this man couldn't hold a conversation. I had been told that this man had went through the phase where he had to have a helmet. I had been told that this man had went through the phase where he had to be in a diaper. I, which is, this is a prideful man. This is a man that has dignity 
he would not want to be in this position. That's why I know it wasn't meant for me to be his wife because I would have let him go from this physical world. But that's a whole nother story. So I call up there. They put him on the telephone. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know, you know, he's had multiple brain surgeries. He's been in medically induced comas. He's like, this man, like, I, I, this man is a miracle. And then I, I, he gets on the telephone and I'm like, hey, Safi. And he's like, hey. And I was like, I love you. And I said, I miss you. He said, I miss you too. I said, I love you. He said, I love you too. And then I told him, I said, see, I told you you should have married my ass. And then he said, you still want to marry me? And I was like, absolutely, of course. And then he was like, all right, we're going to see when I get out. So for everyone that was telling me, he doesn't remember me. He doesn't remember the baby. That was a bold-faced lie. I'm, I'm embedded in him. We've had too many, our souls are entwined. That's how deep of our connection is. And so you want to tell me that when this first happened, he wasn't looking for me. He wasn't calling out for me. His eyes, if he couldn't speak, you think he wasn't looking around the world, the room looking for me. But because of his, whatever his family's issues were, are, whatever, they totally denied me that, that, that opportunity just to hold his hand while he went through that. And they've been denying it thus far. So we were able to speak to him and I, and he, he, he has a lack of cognizance, meaning at that, and, and I don't know where he's at now, but at that time, he didn't know the ages of his children. His eldest child was 18. He thought it was six. He didn't know his daughter's birthdays. I mean, he didn't know his daughter's ages. So every conversation, and it was somewhat draining and I can understand how caregivers, how it's, how it's a, a very, exhausting and can be somewhat draining, but the, the, the person has to be worth it. So every single time we're on the telephone, I, I can leave the conversation and he can participate in the conversation, but he can't leave the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I would always ask gauging questions. Um, am I short or am I tall? Am I fat or am I skinny? Is my hair longer than my short? Am I brown skin or am I light skin? And everyone hit it on the nail. And even would make jokes. I say, am I, am I fat or am I skinny? He was like, medium. I was like, you know what, <laughs> this guy. So he knew exactly, I, I, you know, he knew who I was. And the nursing staff for that continuous time period allowed us communication. And it's crazy because when you're in a situation like this, there's a term called gaslighting mm -hmm. where I'm already like everybody's, I feel like I'm crazy. I feel like nobody believes me. It's so preposterous. No one can even fathom the depths of this to try to take the try to take the time to try to comprehend this yeah. so they just dismiss it oh that oh that's that's not that their life i'm watching all his friends go on with their lives and i'm just sitting here stuck can't move can't breathe can't sleep can't eat can't go on because not only is this my person this is a human being that's being deprived his civil liberties and his civil rights as a human being dogs get visitation in the kennel they get walked they get they get to be petted who's giving this man some affection who's speaking life into him who's reminding him who the fuck he is so he can get up and be who he's supposed to be who no one 
No one. So once he was taken out, so I did my best during that month to, 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 to pump as much. Every time we spoke, you know, you got four kids, you have four children. All your kids are born in February. And we go through the go through the dates and we go through the names. And the more we spoke, where it went from thinking the 18-year-old was six, we were up to the eight-year-old was 16. So he was, he was, he was, he was improving. And this is on the phone because this was the height of COVID. Mm. And COVID is just another, another reason to tell people no. Mm. And it's just something else to hide behind. Oh no, he's high risk, it's COVID. Oh, oh, oh. No, it's just another excuse to try to deny access. Mm. So he was in that nursing home, we weren't able to see him. Yeah. But I was able to take some undergarments up there and I took a folder of pictures, about 60 pictures I printed up of me and of he and I of he and the baby, of he and all of our children, of our lives to remind him. And I spoke to the director of the nursing home staff and she told me that she went over it and she showed him pictures and he was able to identify me and knew that I was pregnant with his child. That was monumental. But when his sister removed him from that facility on 420, we, had, we lost and severed all contact and communication with that man once again. So nine days after he, she discharged him, I called her. I went to the house. I don't know what type of big boy, big muscles I had going on on me that day, but I went to the house. House was lit up like a Christmas tree, lights on, TV on. I ring the doorbell. No one answered the door. There's three cameras on the door. Top right, top right, top left, and a ring cam, like Fort Knox. Three cameras on the door. No one answered the door. I left a note with my, with my phone number expressing that I you know, had been in contact with him, whatever, whatever. I went home, I called his sister. She and I had the most nice, nasty conversation I've ever in. I thought I was a customer service agent telling somebody their, their, their power was getting cut off. That's the nice, nasty conversation that we had. And she let me know that she felt that it was horrific that we had been in contact with him while he was in that facility because her mother did not give me permission and I need to go back to wherever I have been and um, contact, I should have figured this out while her mother was present and this is not something she's gonna allow and this is not something that she wants. And I had to remind this bitch, do you realize no one's trying to have a relationship with you and we only have to go through you to get to him and she told me that I'm not what we're not welcome at the house, not to return to the house. She said that about five times. Uh, whatever relationships her mother has established, uh, her stance is the same as well. This woman is a child care provider. This woman runs a daycare center in the same age demographic as my son. And she's denying her own nephew access to her own father and said it with her chest. So I even was willing to sacrifice myself. And I told her, I said, I don't have to come. I don't have to bring him. One of the girls can bring him. Why can't he see his father? And no reason given, no access granted, just blatant denial. That was long-winded, I'm sorry. No, that's no. not right. We, we need the whole story, yeah. A lot, there's a lot more. We, I don't know, if we have enough uh battery life or daylight or gigabytes or 
<laughs> whatever okay. capacity it's 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 i'm only smiling because if i don't i'll fall to pieces Sorry. i'll fall all the way to pieces when this initially happened i ballooned up to 214 pounds because i was grieving him this is this is my person this is who i go to walmart with this is who i watch game of thrones with this is who i argue because why didn't you change the roll of toilet paper right. with you know this is this is and these little things are what you take for granted Absolutely. These are the things you take for granted. Well, yeah, some some definitely. But I speak for the fathers. Absolutely. Some definitely. I speak for the fathers because I I don't understand how it's even fathomable for any person to keep any child from a willing and 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 active father. There's dudes that don't want to be fathers. That's cool. You want to be a deadbeat? Be a deadbeat. That's your choice. You have to live with that. You have to sleep with that. You have to grow and go and grow through that. But if you have a father that wants to be a father, how dare you interfere with that? How dare you? Like, Like I said, I have two older children. I've never been that girl. I've never been the, you can't see your kids. If anything, you think you can do better than me, take them. Try your hand at it. I've actively co-parented two children, one of which I didn't, I said, getting ready to graduate Norfolk State University. That means I did something right. Yeah, congratulations. I'm not a grandmother. Right. You know, I'm doing something right. I've, I've nursed this man back to health on numerous occasions. I've supported this man through the, the hardest times of his life. Why deny me now? Why deny us now? It, it's, it's, and why is the law permitting this? Right I think a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, connected to your story because more people than people realize can relate to it. But it's not, it's not something that's uh, often talked about, often spoken about. There's a, a highlight on it for Britney Spears, but we, we people hadn't realized how common this is. And people like yourself coming forward and telling your story, you know, howling at the moon at, at, at sometimes, so to speak, because that's how, how it kind of feels like, you know, you're just yelling into the air and hopefully, you know, a, a spirit catches that and, and, and gives it wings. But um, I feel like when people start hearing this stuff, you know, ultimately there will be change. It's just social media has done a lot of harm to our society, but one thing it is good for is uh, creating awareness um, and so I'll do what I can to tap into my network to see if there's somebody who can be of some real assistance to you instead of just a pat on the back or a there, there. Um, but I think that, you know, people like yourself, again, sharing these stories, letting people know that this is happening. Eventually, this will be something that's corrected in our society. But because um, it's not a black issue. And, you know, unfortunately enough, if anything is, uh, you know, considered a black issue. It's a green issue. It, right. It's a green issue. Ab- absolutely. It's a green issue. Right. As long as you got some dollars. Right. I, I don't even know. This is the thing. Like, I, I thought he was the money. Right. I just knew his mama had left him the house, the every, I just knew he was the money. But I guess his short ass ch- uh, social security check, I guess that's enough to do whatever income is income. Right. And as I stated, this woman is not a mother. 
and this woman is a child care provider. So therefore, kids are currency to her. Absolutely. You know, you can you can you can nurture a kid from six to six, but it's different when you're a mother. It's embedded in you. Absolutely. So if you are if this woman was a mother, she would really comprehend the importance, the grave importance of the father-son relationship. I relocated from Atlanta so this baby could be with his father because I understand the importance of the father-son relationship and I'm a fatherless daughter. Right, right. I, I didn't have a father, but I know the importance of children and how they do need it. And I know that fathers are just as equivalent to mothers, even though there's some type of fucked up notion that mothers supersede fathers. No, that's why you need both yeah. of them to make a baby. Absolutely. Because they're both equally as important. So no one, I, I, that's why I said I speak for the fathers. So because too many broads use the system to manipulate, use the system to use the children as a token, use the system to use the babies as pawns. Yeah. And, I, and that's just not in my DNA. That's not in my character. That's, I don't even have to like him, but he deserves to be with his kid. Period. Right. Well, we appreciate you sharing your story. We're going to try to, like I said, I'm going to tap into my network and see if I can find someone who can be of legitimate, quantifiable assistance and, you know, not just there, there, pats on the back, but there has to be somebody out there that can hear these things and, and uh, help you find the, the legal loopholes uh, or the or j just some hope in this, right? Uh, to to yeah. get something done, and especially when you when you have a child that is being denied access, I think that um you know that there, there has to be a way to get at least the child access, which would be a win, right? Because a child is being denied this, and I think he's being denied the opportunity to love and feel loved and uh, feel supported because he's just been thrown in a in a closet, in it, so to speak, you know. So. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and uh hopefully this here yeah hopefully somebody hears this and you know I, i'm praying that your gofundme continues to uh bloom and, and create awareness but one thing social media does is create awareness and i think that just opening your mouth even if it feels like you're in a, a vacuum chamber of a bunch of uh, disingenuous oh even if it feels like you're talking to, you know, you howling at the moon, keep howling, keep talking, keep telling your story because it's the only way that the right person is going to be able to hear your story and be able to help you and give you the assistance you're looking for. Yeah, we'll definitely leave your See, link. what's happened? Oh, no, no, just saying that, just saying that, you know, we have, we have that link that you provided. We're going to share that on all our platforms. And like I said, we, we really need to, challenge these decisions made by the courts the the judges really like I said with a fine-tooth comb go over these laws understand them dig at them because it i just feel like there's something that we haven't yet reached you know to really contest what you have to look at the lawyers yeah. you have to look at all the links in the chain it starts with the the lawyers and, and it's even deeper than that because in in other guardianship matters they have spotters so what's the, who's the first place they run your financials? The hospital. So they have somebody at the hospital who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. And then they, they all, in, it's, it's a whole mm -hmm. corrupt system. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's deep. Yeah. It's really deep. And my main objective is now is 
it takes some a while to find your voice. But at this point now, as much as I would love to go fund me to thrive and for, you know, it's more for me about awareness. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to be aware if it can happen to me and my family at 39 years old, it can most certainly happen to you, your mm-hmm. uncle, your grandmother, your mother, any anybody that's, that's near and dear to you. Mm-hmm. You've got to safeguard yourself. You've got to safeguard your family. Absolutely. Write your will. Yeah. Have some type of power of attorney directive. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it may not even help. <laughs> It may, it may, it may or may not even help. Depends on how many ass, how much assets are involved. So I highly recommend everybody to do a little bit more research into this whole guardianship, conservatorship matter, mm-hmm. and realize it's 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 an it's an epidemic that's not even being discussed. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. especially like I said, those those people of normal society, obviously, because Britney Spears is celebrity. That's the really only reason it's being headlined and disgust and well no this is happening to walt disney's grandson the woman from this happened to colombo this happened to the woman nichelle nish nichols from uh the original star trek there's a lot of players there's there's a lot more people of celebrity status than than it's even known about mm-hmm. like this is really a rampant thing that's happening to everyday people celebrities like you said it's not a black game it's not a white game it's a green game yeah yeah that's correct oh that's correct but again i appreciate y'all yeah yeah absolutely um long time coming like i said we've we've been in conversation for quite some time but like i said now that we have your story it's recorded it's it's being shared uh listeners i'm i want to implore everyone to you know definitely check their networks um see and, and share even if you don't think you know someone share it um, with your social media blast it um, we need more people where it is so we can in fact enact some change at some point so uh, again thank you sue for for stopping by we enjoyed you uh very much you know so um this was yeah, great thank you thank you fellas yeah, i fine. let it be known i let it be known from the door that i'm gonna get to him by any means necessary absolutely so Do not give up on this enough is enough right that that son is his father right absolutely 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 we need we need our we need the leader of our family it's yeah. not just the son the whole we need our family unit yeah, back that's true yeah especially my son being deprived of his father That's right. Absolutely. and his father being deprived of his son the nuclear family prominent yep yeah. yep all right we're gonna thank we're wrapping up all right listeners uh, I'm, I'm hoping you enjoyed the show please again share this content share this news we're on all social media platforms uh just search the fatherhood village and email us fatherhoodvillage at gmail all right so without further ado It's Dale Holloway. That's Kev Hick. Peace and love. Peace and love.